Broadcasting live from the Wellness Wonderland, you're listening to the Wellness Wonderland Radio. I'm Katie, and each week I chat with the most inspirational people on the planet on how to stay inspired in all areas of life. As you listen, feel free to tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout, or use the hashtag Wellness Wonderland. I'd love to hear your aha moments. So grab your headphones and listen on the go, or cuddle up with a notebook as we dive in deep with authentic conversations right here in Wonderland. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I'm so excited for today's episode, and I want to get right into it. Quick reminders at the top of the show, if you haven't left a review on iTunes, that would be amazingly awesome, and I would be so grateful if you could leave a review. Have your friends leave a review. Share the show with friends. That's a great way to help bring more people to the show and introduce people to the cool things that we talk about. I love recording it, and it helps me out a ton. Also, if you want to support the show slash me, you can become a Let It Out book ambassador. I am launching my book coming up very, very soon in April. So if you want to get in on that, the link will be in the show notes. And also join the Facebook crew, the Facebook group, if you haven't already. It's a great way to connect with other people who listen to the show, connect with me. It's just a real good time in there. I share things that are inspiring me in real time in there, and it's super fun. So if Wednesdays, when the new show launches, aren't enough, join the Facebook crew, join the email list, and just, yeah, keep in touch. So on to today's episode. Today's episode is all about... Robin Euclid. I love her. She's a health coach extraordinaire. She makes a big announcement on this episode and she has two really huge things happening in her life. And I'm going to let her tell you about them in the show in just a second. But one of them, well, I guess I'll tell you one of them. It's a book. Her book is launching and it's amazing. I have a copy. She's amazing. She was my second guest ever on the podcast or maybe the third unclear. I'll need to look at the archive, but she was one of the very first people to ever say yes to coming on this podcast when nobody was listening, and now a lot of people are, which is so cool that Robin is back on the show, back hanging out with us, and a lot has changed since then, but she's just as awesome and cool as she was way back then. Hopefully since then, in about 100 episodes in between, I've gotten better as an interviewer, and I've improved, so you'll be able to see that. And we talk about very, very, very different things this time, as both of our lives have changed and shifted a lot since then. So I'll let Robin take it away, but again, if you want to check out her book, click the link in the show notes to check it out. So that's where that will be. I will talk to you guys soon and enjoy Robin in the episode. Welcome back, everyone. I'm so excited that Robin Euclid, extraordinaire health coach and a huge mentor and friend of mine, is back in Wonderland. And Robin, you might remember if you've been listening for a really long time, she was one of my first ever guests that I reached out to to come on the show back when no one was listening. And I mean no one, not even my mom, because... 
she didn't even have an iPhone to be able to listen back then because nobody knew what podcasts were. And Robin was so kind to me and said yes to coming on the podcast regardless of how nervous I was because I didn't know what I was doing. And she came on the show and she was my second ever episode that I recorded. And today she's back. So thank you so much for being here again, Robin. You're so welcome. I'm so happy to be back. And I feel like this has been a long time coming and it's just such a total credit to you, Katie, that I I didn't even think about a podcast, an interview, my time. Like it, there was no factor mm-hmm. in that. It was just like this girl's amazing. She's sharing in such a huge way. Of course. Oh, um, thank so. you. No, I, I talk about it all the time actually because people ask me a lot, like, oh, how did you, you know, get these people to come on your podcast and get such cool guests? And you know, I really look at myself as a curator now to really show people the cool people and things that I'm into, which is really fun. But at the beginning, you know, I was humbly asking these people who, like you, you mostly, who um, really inspired me and I loved, and I got so much from their content to you know, use my platform to share their work. And at the time, my platform was like nothing. But I'm so grateful that now that my platform has grown a little bit, people go back to the archive and get to listen to those interviews. So it, it was just so nice that, you know, you said yes and are here and, and now you're back. To I'm more very happy. More very happy to be back too. And the first time was awesome, also. So, and I feel like we talked for so long in that interview. We still have so much more to talk about. I know. So. <laughs> well, a lot has happened since we first hung out on the show last time. So, catch us up on what's been going on with you in the last two years since we spoke. Um, I know that you have two really huge things coming up, and I want to dig into both of them. So, I'll let you tell everyone the two big announcements. Yes, they're quite large. Um, (laughs) So first up is my book um, that's coming out. So I've I've been spending the last, I guess, about a year and a half, you know, with the proposal and selling the proposal and um, then turning into this book that took a year, you know, takes a year about to write. And so my book is coming out on February 9th. It's called Go With Your Your Gut. Thank you. Um, So the title Go With Your Gut has two meanings. One is how to clean up your gut Um, And then the second part is so you can live from your gut. So what that really means, you know, we're all so into the microbiome now and the digestive health piece. um, But what are really, even if we just take out the science, like what are the super simple basics that we can get back to with so much of what I know you talk about with around emotional eating and just breathing and slowing down. So this is kind of the digestive health angle of all of that. Um, yummy info. And then connecting that. So now that your gut has been cleaned up a little bit more, you can hear those messages, that intuitive voice much more strongly. And so how to bring that into your life in an everyday practical way. So my book baby is going to be out and that's available for pre-order now. And I'm sure Katie will give you the info and we'll get to all that. Yeah, and, I want to talk and, more. Well, let's talk more about this before you announce the okay. second announcement. <laughs> I want to give people a little suspense here. There's another big announcement that I, like I would argue bigger than the bigger than the book, but this book is huge and, and I'm really excited about it. I want to dig into that a little bit more. So when you were going to sit down and write a book, what I love about you, Robin, is that you're whole brand and everything you've done with your coaching and what you do online is really about blending the practical with the science, like you said, and the practical with the spiritual, which I think your book really does both of those things really, really well. So when you sat down and were like, I'm going to write a book, 
How did this idea come to be? Like, do you have a moment where you thought about it and got this great title? I love knowing that sort of thing with creativity. Like when you, do you remember being hit with this particular idea? This is such a juicy question because funny enough with me, and this is maybe helpful for anybody who's starting out is I'd never, or I should say rarely had the idea come to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and everything was about your niche, right? Who are you marketing to? Who are you talking to? If you don't talk to someone, you're talking to no one, you know? Right. And I I never really knew who I was talking to. I just knew that I needed to be as me as humanly possible. And yes, there are general themes in the community that I was speaking with and the women that I was working with, but it was never so specific. I never had that like, aha, it's about this. And so I just, but I kept going. I didn't let that stop me. And then eventually, fast forward, I met my literary agent and the the core and the focus for the book really came in talking to her about, oh my God, I don't even know how many of my clients, just buckets and buckets of my clients that I've been working with and programs that I've um, done over the years and who these women were and what their real problems were and what everything was coming back to. And it was all just their, the belly, the bloating, just, and that feeling blech, like not feeling like their truest best selves. And we realized like that was the book. Every, you know, I was talking about so many different things, but that was that big connective piece that lit me on fire when I spoke about it and really um, was the game changer, the needle mover for them. You know, just to start with a few of these simple gut focused practices changed so much and then we could just go from there. And then the title, funny enough, um, I've, titles and naming things have never been a strength of mine. Um, my business part of my brand is called your healthiest you. And and my girlfriend actually, um, she, she's the one that came up with that. I went to her and she's in advertising. She's brilliant with words and she came up with that. And then, um, for go with your gut, my, um, publisher, the editor that I work with at my publishing house, her friend of hers was the one that thought about it. Mm -hmm. And we brainstormed so many titles and everything. And finally, like just nothing was as on the, this was it. It was like, Oh my God, yeah. that is, it just, cause I really wanted to get that double entendre in there of really, you know, the health and the spiritual piece as well. Um, because, you know, as your audience will learn in our conversation, like I really believe like we can still be spiritual people and want to lose weight and feel a little bit better in our bodies too. Like they don't have to be mutually exclusive and we don't have to feel bad about that. You know, we've gotten so much into, the wellness and the holistic side of things, but yet like we still, our clothes are still not fitting. And we know that like that doesn't feel good because we know we're still not able to make those better choices for ourselves. So it's like going from that space of knowing and wanting to, to actually being able to do and what that looks like. Mm. Yeah. So, um, with, with that in the book, there's a lot of talk about the practical, um, health stuff and then also the spiritual component. Can you talk a little bit about how the book's broken up? Just because it's such a great resource and I just want people to have a really good picture of it from you before they go check it out. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so happy that you that you like it. I'm, I love I like, it. Oh, thank you. Glowing <laughs> really, review. Thank you. It's, Wellness it's so... Wonderland seal of approval. Yay, Duh. Because you. I'm you your know... fangirl. Thank you. Yeah, for all my future authors and current authors out there, it's really scary to write a book because you put everything down and then it ends up in this PDF document and this, you know, yeah. file and it ends up in a book and you just from zero to that, you're just you don't even know what to expect. Yeah. So it's not changeable after No, a point, it's not, which is you know, crazy. It's crazy. Um 
one of the reasons why I went with the publishing company that I did is because they were the ones that actually had the vision for this to be half guide and how to with, you know, copy and just the why behind, you know, what was going on and in and then a practice that because that's always a part of my my work is giving homework, you know, giving some a specific to do that you can focus on, and you know, where to go from learning that content, how to put it into action. So the beginning of each chapter, again, has sort of the overview, the why of the topics, let's say, you know, the first, the first chapters breathe, you know, what that means, how that looks in your body and this, the link between the state of mind and your state of belly and, and what's happening there. And then at the end of the chapter, it has a practice. So something that you can focus on, you know, for the breathe chapter, it's the one, two, three food freedom tool, which is uh, looking at your plate and then breathing and then chewing, which brings us into the next chapter. And then the most lovely, beautiful part is the second half of the chapter is a full um, color photo recipe cookbook. So every chapter, there's 11 chapters. First half is, like I said, that copy. And then there's beautiful recipes that connect to the chapter with we worked with the most brilliant photographer. She did like Gwyneth Paltrow's cookbooks. I'm like, how? Seriously? Seriously. Like, you and Goop share a photographer? Me and Goop share a photographer. Like the oh team on this book was out That's of control. Amazing. And then the other thing I learned is my prop stylist. And, and, you know, you just, these people come in and you're just in awe of their work and their talent. But my prop stylist just finished Chrissy um, Teigen's book. Stop it. My mom's obsessed with her. She's, she's the so one that's um, married to John Legend, right? Correct. And she's had a, a food blog forever. Yeah. So she's obsessed with food and she's totally legit. I mean, it's not healthy. Um, but in that way, she's she's just so, so passionate about food and sharing about it. She's had that blog forever. Um, that's so So cool. that's who worked on the book with me. And so we ended up with this gorgeous um, integrated health and wellness book that was also a beautiful cookbook. And my, and even the cover that I went with and you guys can see on Amazon. Thank you. I really wanted it to be something that could go from coffee table to nightstand to kitchen. It's very goop and like Daphne, um, Oz and it's very like, you know, all those books that have become like classics for your coffee table and your kitchen and just, yeah, it's beautiful. It's not like one of those books that has a lot of great info, but it's just can be kind of like ragged and um, like black and white and just not, not that there's anything wrong with that, but not to judge a book by its cover, but if you did judge this one, it's beautiful. And I'm just so excited and happy for you and Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to tell my mom about the prop stylist thing. She, I was home for Thanksgiving this past year, and she was like, I saved this show for you. You have to watch the show. She's like, it's like, have you heard of The Fab Life? Where Yes. Yeah, yes. so it's like a spinoff of the it, chew, but kind of. It's awesome. Yeah, I feel I, it's like, on my list. I feel like you should have one like that that's like wellness, and it's like you and Gabby and like – I think that that would be like an amazing TV show. But anyway, my mom made me watch this show and she's like, this girl's so cute. She's married to John Legend. My mom loves John Legend. And and so now I'm going to tell her this because she also loves you and she's going to be like so starstruck. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. And your mom actually took one of my coaching programs. Yes. So. Yes. Amazing. Love it. Um, so, oh, that's so exciting. I'm so happy that, that the book is coming out. Can you tell us a little bit about what the writing process was like for you? Because I know you started to mention um, a bit earlier, I don't know if we were recording when you said this or not, but that the process gets really intense, you know, through the editing process and it's a long process, I know. So can you talk a little bit about what that was like for you and taking care of yourself throughout that? 
Yes. So, um, you know, coming clean on, on, on writing, I, I, you know, and I know Gabby said this a lot, but like, I've not been, a, I don't consider myself, I'm a writer. I don't want to like back myself into a hole here, but like, it doesn't come as naturally to me. It's not something that I sit down and get excited to do. I much prefer to be on camera, talking to people, you know, doing, you know, interviews like this. Um, I will have a, a spark of creativity that will end up in my newsletters or if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see that and you'll, you can tell when I'm in the writing zone, but it's, it's, I have to either naturally get there or get myself there. So this wasn't a practice that came very easily to me. I had to sort of figure out what worked, um, and what, how I could focus on my strengths instead of, you know, what I felt were, were my weaknesses. A few things that I've learned about myself, um, through writing and being, you know, doing this for so long, God, I'm in, you know, depending when you listen, it's probably like year seven now. Um, I, I can never start anything from zero. So it was so much easier for me to take work that I'd done or conversations that I'd had with clients um, and put them into documents and then build from there mm -hmm. and then keep writing and filling in those pieces. So a blank piece of paper, a blank keyboard, you know, blank Google Doc, so scary. So just get something in there and then like my editing brain turns on and then that sparks the next thing and sparks the next thing. So never starting from white pages, um, you know, and not being afraid. Sometimes I will, I will need to put something down that's totally wrong so I can get to what's totally right. Mm. And not being afraid of that wasted time in quotes or wasted work, just trusting like that's what got me to the thing that I then needed to see that would then, you know, spawn the next thing or whatever. Yeah. So really, you know, doing that and then just keep going, keep going and seeing what's shaped and, and then where to put things, you know, together and really just committing myself to getting down the bones and filling in as much as possible. And then, you know, what I was saying to Katie was, um, you know, saving the harder stuff for, for the end. You know, if there was a moment where it's like, I need something here, but I don't know what it is. Or, yeah. you know, there's a client case missing here, or I need some research on this, right. you know, just getting down what I knew so I could get energized by that flow and then going back and tackling and bringing on help, you know, where I needed it, you know, working with an editor, working with a writer on some of the, the, um, parts of it where I was like this, I need to talk this through with someone, someone else needs to help. You know, I, I used to, I would think of it like my brain and my work created this puzzle. And then I had this team of people to come in and show where those pieces would then go together. Yeah. That that's so, I relate to that a lot. I think, um, I'm a huge fan of Elizabeth Gilbert and she even says a lot about and she's this like amazing writer that that is like her profession and her career exclusively and she says that like sometimes sitting not sometimes like all the time sitting down to the to write is work like it's not like you really have to apply yourself and I would know for me like what you were saying with the blank page I had to make sure especially you know as you get as the book is taking shape especially towards the end and the editing process when I would have so much to do that it's such a big document that you mm -hmm. can't just, it's not like writing an essay where you can just like read through, you know, the first three paragraphs and then write the fourth one. Like you can't read everything you've written so far. You have to really like mark where you were and like remember that. So I would write myself like every day I'd be like, okay, start on chapter four and write this idea that you have and whatever, whatever. So then the next day when I would like return to it, I would like could hit the ground running and I didn't have to be like, what do I need to do, you know? 
because it yeah. just gets so big that, yeah, yeah it can be And I do really well with writing days and non-writing days. So it was like business, mm. bookkeeping, work days. And then like you you find that cozy little sweet spot, you know, and you yeah. know when you need to be in a different environment and you know when you need someone working on it sitting across from you. And um, yeah, I wasn't as disciplined in the traditional writer sense. You know, it's like this is these are your pages. And, and, and if you need that, I would suggest, you know, working with a writing coach, working with, you know, there's all these unbelievable professionals that can, you don't have to be alone in any part of this process. Yeah. Yeah, that's so exciting. And now having the book out in the world. So you mentioned this a little bit, but what are some of your feelings about having this out in the world? Like, what are you most excited about for people gaining from having this book? How do you feel about having your work out in this really big way? Oh, oh my God. It's it's the feeling, I don't even know how to describe, having like all your tenants, you know, everything you want to share in exactly the way that you are so passionate about sharing it in one resource. You know, your best go-to recipes, your simplest, clearest, most implementable stuff in one gorgeous little package that I can just say to someone here, do this. Like this is the program, this is the work, do yeah. this. You know, and and having that tool that I can share with anyone is just, it, it feels absolutely amazing. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be read my blog or, you know, whatever. It's just like, here's your guide to yeah. start. And then you can dive more into my land and, you know, work with me on a higher level and coaching programs and all that. But like, this is, this is your Bible. You know, I created something yeah. and, you know, as you were saying, having the book in your hands, you know, it's so scary, but thankfully I'm, I'm so happy with it. I, I am like, it's mm. ridiculous, but like, I'm so happy with how it turned out. And I just, I think it's so beautiful and I think it's special and it's what I wanted to do. You know, it's yeah. what I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it. And I feel fortunate to have worked with the right publisher for me that, um, got my vision and got that I wanted to be sassy and, you know, they cut out all the cursing, but whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but for, aside from that, they're, you know, really into the way that I was explaining things and the examples that I was using and, you know, that I wasn't afraid to go there. And they're like, no, do it, go for it. Mm, that's so good. Cause it really wouldn't work if it wasn't in your voice. You know, I think there would be like two reasons. Like I think people would pick up on that and sense that, especially your fans and people that know you. And then you probably wouldn't feel as comfortable talking about it and promoting it. And um, you're going to have to speak about it a lot and using it a lot. And if it wasn't so innately you, I don't think you would feel comfortable doing that. So I'm so glad that it was able to be, it sounds to me like it's going to be a, you know, Robin, Euclid, Your Healthiest You, Greatest Hits album, you know? Ah, I love that. Totally. Yeah. 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 That's so cool. So um, shifting gears kind of a little bit, but we talk a lot on the show um, about body image and obviously um, that's been a big struggle of mine. And I would love to talk to you about that a bit as a public figure and someone who um, works in the wellness and holistic wellness space. Has body image ever been something that you've struggled with? And is that something that you help clients with in your work online and is it something that comes up in the book yes yeah, so um absolutely so my whole life I've struggled with body image and um never had an eating disorder but had disordered eating for sure so um you know I've tried every diet trying to starve myself binging, you know, just all of that. My, my, I would say like my, my booty popped out at 13 years old and, 
Um, I didn't look like all my friends and I wanted to, and I wanted to look like the models. And I thought that that meant if I could look like that, then boys will like me and life will be easier. And, you know, unfortunately I spent forever <laughs> like in that, in that pattern. And, you know, luckily I, I never let that feeling hide me from the world. I never, you know, hid myself in a way, but I kept a lot of behavior secretive, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the cabinet visiting at night and a lot of the binging, you know, throwing away wrappers and containers and, you know, making sense, you know, eating something to the point where no one would notice, but I would notice, you know, but right. you know, all this history and, um, not even, and then fast forwarding a little bit more into my adult life, not really realizing, um, how ha- it had followed me, you know, thinking that, oh, everyone has this, this is normal, I'm fine. And then going to, you know, get my certification and realizing like, you're still thinking diet, you're still thinking diet brain. And, you know, so many clients that come to me and come through my work, you know, calories and what are the best this and yes, I give a layer of things to focus on that, you know, are generally good for everyone, you know, like the simple practice of chewing. Um, but really my goal is to teach them how to connect to their own inner voice and their own place of calm and give them ways that they can specifically do that so that they feel, um, start to feel better from that place. And then the food noise and the body image issues just start to dial down a little bit. And then you start feeling better and better. And then you're, that's the, 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 the voice that you're feeding instead of the negative one. Mm. I think that that's originally how I got into your work is that I related to that story so much about when you were growing up and feeling like you didn't quite look like your friends and wanting to be smaller and wanting to look like models or Mary Kate and Ashley or whatever. <laughs> totally. And, like, and then that like that's just not our body type and like being okay with that and um, and still loving yourself through that and nourishing yourself through that and like for me I had this weird thing where I felt like I couldn't take care of myself or eat a special way or that was different than the way I grew up and how my family ate Um, and special I mean healthy and choosing foods that make me feel really great and how I wanted to eat unless I like looked a certain way or unless I was like you know, looked like I was really into fitness or had a different body type, which I know is crazy, but like that's just how I thought. And I think it's really important to know that, you know, everybody's bodies look really different and we can all take care of ourselves and we're still going to have bodies that look really different. And it doesn't mean that you're unhealthy if you don't look like a runway model and it doesn't mean you are healthy if you do it's just about finding what works for you and just being gentle with yourself and that's what I appreciated so much and it helped me so much Robin is that your concepts that you teach are are so forgiving and aren't dogmatic and aren't black and white and I think that that's really important for people to hear because especially now with the rise of the health movement which we're both a part of and it's great in so many ways but there's also a lot of dangers to it and people mm-hmm. taking it too far and making it a religion and making it isolating and so is has that been something that's been a challenge in your work and something that I, I think you do a really great job making it more inclusive for people. Yeah, a, a great question because, yeah, we've replaced healthy as the new diet. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's the new much more socially acceptable diet. Yeah. And, you know, 
I, I am very transparent. I am a continuous work in progress. And what's great about being a work in progress is I'm, I'm, I'm always searching outside of me and interesting and, you know, books and studies and theories ways out there and conferences and, you know, constantly educating myself. But I'm also constantly searching within myself and saying, what's here? What's, what needs to be paid attention to what's going on? And, you know, in, in seeing my body and all these changes, it's, it's, I, I stumbled, I was looking, I know what it was. I was looking for something on Facebook, um, some old thing that I had written and I ended up in, you know, three years ago or something. And I'm Mm -hmm. looking at pictures of myself and I'm, and the first thought I thought was I was in insane shape and cause I was running half, I was in my half marathon stride and going on yoga, um, retreats and all of that. And I looked at those photos. I'm like, I didn't think I was thin enough then either. Yeah. I remember thinking that I remember thinking I look good and I looked fit, but I remember being like, my thighs are still too freaking big. And just realizing even how far I've come from that yeah. and that how much further we even have to go, but in a really positive way, like how that's beautiful and how our stories continue to evolve and to change. And, um, actually have, you know, if you want to go back to the the other big news, I have a big yeah, piece let's that tell I've, them. I've been that like I've... holding off, but <laughs> no, what's, it's, what's the other big let's, thing let's that you're birthing? <laughs> um, but it's because it's so connected to this, this piece that we're saying. Yeah, so no, I, I, I really want to, and I haven't really talked about this yet and I'm really excited to share, but um, I mean, the big news I've talked about, but the big news is I'm also birthing a real, a baby too, Yay! like a, a baby, baby. So again, depending on you listen to this, baby. <laughs> right? A book baby, a web, a new website baby, and a book. You know, so all these things happening. That oh man, I just have to breathe. I've lots and lots every single day. But yeah, my husband and I are expecting our first child. And um, yay, congratulations! Thank you. So that's happening again. Depending on you listen to this, end of February, give or take. Um, it's a guest date. I due dates don't really mean very much. It's like. Anyways, in society, we think like that's the drop dead date. It's actually not. Depends on your cycle and how many days it is and it can fluctuate. So no one put pressure on yourself around your due date. But um, being pregnant has just been wild for me because um, I still look at myself and I'm like, who are you? Shouldn't you feel more maternal? Shouldn't you be more excited about being pregnant and glowing. And it's like, I'm not, I just want to get to my soul cycle class. Like I'm happy about the baby, but I'm just, it's just not, it's just been a different experience for me than what I've seen out there. And it's been the ultimate, um, testament to not judging yourself and being gentle and just trusting like it's okay. Like I, I know it's okay. I have to tell others around me, you know, in the beginning, my husband was like, are you going to get more excited about this? I'm like, honey, you just have to trust that like, I'll get there exactly as I meant to when I meant to. And same goes for our bodies, you know, and how we view them. You're taking steps to get to be your healthiest self. And it's not about one great choice or one less healthy choice. It's just what all of that is teaching us and the road that we're taking. And the thing that I wanted to share that's been really, really interesting through this pregnancy is how much of my old body dysmorphia and diet behavior, um, it brought, it, it brought back out again. It was almost like, I felt like I'd done so much healing that I wasn't even aware of how much healing I had done when it came to body image issues and emotional eating and all of that. And then this belly pops out a little bit and I see how others treat me and, and talk to me about it. 
And immediately I went into, well, I'm small and I'm, that means I'm winning. I'm, I'm have a little bump, but I'm staying really skinny. So I must be better than the girl that's not. Mm. And all this old crazy crap coming back. And then also people, um, coming up to me and family, even like my brother, God bless him, lifted my shirt. Like, let me see your belly. And for someone who never wanted anyone to see her belly for so long, like, yes, I know it's a baby. He's looking at a baby in his mind, but in my heart, it's my body. Right. And I was never comfortable with that. And it's like, wow, just all that old stuff, you know, resurfacing in a way that no one I think has really talked about and the connection. And yes, I know people talk about body image issues and pregnancy, but really I'm talking more about disordered, you know, negative body image issues from your past and disordered eating getting sparked again in a new evolution almost through your changing body and your pregnancy and how others treat you and come up to you and talk to you about it. And you're like, that's my belly. Do you want me to show you my boobs too? Because right. I wouldn't go up to you and lift your shirt up. Yeah. You know? Are you breastfeeding? Let me see. Let yeah. me see those nipples. It's like we don't do it all of a sudden because there's a baby. People think that they can say and do yeah. whatever they want. And like if anybody listening to this takes one thing away, you yeah. know, it's do like. Do not pull up a pregnant lady shirt. Do not pull up a pregnant lady shirt. But really like the only safe sentence is you look great yeah that's it even anything else is you look great you could even maybe even how you're feeling but if someone's not feeling great they may not want to talk about it you know so like you just you look great and understand like there's a whole world going on for her that you might think oh it's so beautiful and it's a baby but for me it was like yeah it's a baby and it's beautiful but like I can't zip my pants and that reminds me of when I used to binge and couldn't zip my pants. Right. Right. Oh man, I'm so glad that this conversation is being had right now because I've had a couple friends um have babies and the experience has been like this but like you said it's not really talked about. It's only talked about like in this other way and so I think I mean this is really great that you're sharing this and maybe this is you know, book baby number two. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So yeah, I'm, I, I love talking about it because like, it's just, it's all okay. You know, however yeah. you feel about it. And I just trust, you know, again, I'm excited about the baby coming, but I know that I, I believe in myself and the power of my heart and the power of the universe and things happening exactly as they should. And the only way we get off track with that is if we judge ourselves or think that we should be thinking or feeling something different. Mm-hmm. And we don't need to. It's all good. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. So I want to pick up a little bit about something you said earlier, which I really agree with and I've been speaking out about a lot lately. And that's the fact that, you know, in the 90s, people were dieting, but they were calling a spade a spade, right? They were (laughs) doing low fat and it was very clear that they were drinking Diet Coke and eating low fat, whatever, because it was too... for aesthetic reasons, right? It was like to change their physical body. Whereas now, people are all like healthy and green juice and this and that, but really it's not for health. It's for the sole purpose of manipulating their body to look a certain way. And so I would love if you could talk a little bit about your experience with that and kind of the way that that's 
that's shifting where people are because I know that was the case for me it was like I thought dieting was so uncool and I wanted to be the cool girl that like ate everything with everyone but then all of a sudden I but I really wanted to my body to look a different way as well so I was like oh I'll just be healthy and that's cool like Jay-Z and Beyonce are vegan like cool like (laughs) I'll be cool that's hip right and then it was really like that was just a mask for wanting to change the way it looked really bad so can you talk a little bit about your experience with that and some of the things that you've seen working in this field for like seven years? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and as I say, I'm still a continuous work in progress and realizing new things about myself and new habits. And, and as I strengthen my own intuitive voice even further, um, how I can get more into me and away from what I was doing. And so some things I was doing, right. So, Oh, we're healthy. Mine was the green juice thing. You know, the, the, uh, the, um, juice cleanses, you know, juice cleanses mm-hmm. is another word for, I want to drop some weight yeah, and a socially you know, acceptable way to starve yourself. Exactly. And for some people that works great, right? That's what's working for their body. It's the right time of year. It feels good for them. It ends up energizing them. There's a process there. I'm not coming down on that at all. And for people who are coming from a super unhealthy place, sometimes we do need something to shake something up and, um, you know, but the, 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 the stronger that I've gotten in my work over the years, you know, one of my passions is teaching people the right way to bring in juice cleanses or the right way to cleanse their body. And I'm so excited to share that in the book too, because you can do that from a truly healthy place, not healthy meaning diet, but healthy from a place of, you know, that voice where you're like, I need to calm things down a little bit, or my, my belly's acting up, right? I'm getting some heartburn or I'm just, I feel like I'm not digesting my food or I'm not pooping the way that I need to. So, you know, sometimes we do need to hit a pause and sometimes a pause, the best thing would be a couple of days of pure juice, but more often, especially for women, you know, our lower regions are very warm. You know, we have warm, low burners here and by pouring something, a cold liquid, it's a little bit counterintuitive for what your gut is likely craving. And so connecting to what is it that I need? Okay. I need to take a pause from the maybe some unhealthy habits that I've been allowing to slip a little too much, or I need to calm down my digestive fire a little. Like there's just stuff that's just going on. I'm just not feeling my best. So how can I do that in a truly great way that feels good for me? So taking a minute, taking a breath, connecting to that voice, seeing what you hear, you know, and then following some great wisdom, you know, in the book where I suggest, you know, soups and steamed foods and then adding a little bit of juice, not cool, you know, not a cold one, the room temp one in the afternoon and what to put in that to make it more warming and using, and and maybe that's not, like I said, not the right protocol for you, but really the right protocol is tuning in, seeing what your body needs and seeing what truly sounds good to you and feels easy and feels fun and feels doable for wherever you're at in, in your week, in your day, in your life. Yeah, and I think uh, another thing too is just switching the motivation. And like you said, you know, doing it to hit the pause button and to help your digestion and help your pooping and help whatever, I think that's great. But I think if the motivation is I want my body to look like someone else's body or to look like my body did five years ago or 10 years ago, I think that is just not a good motivation to do something like that for yourself, you you know, because you don't even know if that will actually happen. And I think doing motivating yourself out of something for something loving, um, is just a way, way better. And your result will be better too. Yeah. And you, and, and you might need a moment to just recognize that, you know, so maybe your motivation isn't 
you know, it's coming from a loving place. It's like, well, I feel like crap and I just want to lose weight. It's like, you know what? Take a minute with that too. Like, that's okay. That's how you're feeling right now. Breathe into it. Let your body feel it. You know, we all need to really have that space to feel through our emotions and see if there's something else going on. Like, why is this motivating me right now? Has it because has it been because my food's gone off the rails? So that's gunking up my, you know, gunky belly, gunky thoughts, you know, and that's mm. what's happening. Or am I feeling really lonely? Am I feeling really anxious? Am I antsy at work? Am I frustrated at work? You know, what else is it that these feelings are showing me? And just spend a couple days before taking any action even to just sort of calm down a little, go in a little bit, drink a little bit more water, slow down, maybe go to bed a little bit earlier. And then you can see, you know, what really, what, what you then need to do. And you'll be much more, um, able to listen to it. Right. Mm, It's that's that frustrating piece is like, we know we want something, but it's like, okay, so how can I really shift this so that it's a much more nurturing practice for me instead of a harmful one? Right. Oh, I really love that. And I think too, like you said, slowing down, listening, maybe even journaling about it, I think is so helpful and helps you tune into what's actually going on. Because we have so many outside influences telling us how we should be and look and all of it. So that's so great. So another question I've been asking people lately and I'm I'm really wondering about, um, and it's really great to hear people's perspectives on, is when you have a bad body image moment, right, how do you shift that and change that so it doesn't become a bad body image day or week or really take you out from being productive in your highest self? So, yeah, um, you know, I, there's so many tools I could share about this, but I just had one phrase that popped into my head and that's Mm. right straight from my intuition. So that's how I teach and coach and work is, is to allow yourself the thought of this is just how I feel right now. Mm. This is just how I feel in this moment. This is just one moment. This is just how I feel right now. I give myself permission to move away from this or stay with it. But right now, this is how I feel. And that's okay. Mm. And really, like, that even just calmed me down. Because where we get so tripped up and where it starts to spiral is we think this is how we always feel or this is how we always look or this is how it's always going to be. And just that little reminder of this is just a moment. This is just one moment in the big picture of so much. Can I allow it to shift? Can I just, you know, and I'm a big proponent and and again, maybe it's not the coolest thing, but like distracting ourselves, you know, it's like, okay, I'm just going to feel like this in this moment. I'm going to go for a walk right now. Yeah. Or I'm going to go do something that makes, makes me feel great. You know, we don't always need to explore at the beneath every little thing. Sometimes we are still just like those kids that just need, you know, you can debate with a 10 month old or you can just show them the next shiny object. You know, sometimes right. we just need to say, okay, I acknowledge that this is just how I feel in this moment what can I do next to make myself feel really great? And and likely if you just get into some movement, get into your body, put on a song, go for a walk, you know, the feelings and the thoughts will flow through you and out of you and shift into something else. It's just allowing for that potential possibility to happen. Um, and you don't need tips and you don't need to muscle your way through it always. You just need to acknowledge, recognize that it's one piece in this big, big puzzle and then move <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What we resist persists, right? So I think that that's totally. kind of one thing you're saying. And then it's so funny, Robin. So I 
I woke up this morning with an earache in like one of my ears. And it actually was started yesterday, but it was like bad today. And I was like, oh my God. And I was like kind of freaking out about it. And I think the thing I was freaking out about, like having an earache today, like it's mildly uncomfortable, not the best thing in the world, but it's like not the end of the world. But it was, I was freaking out about was like, this is going to last forever. I'm going to lose hearing. Like, (laughs) you know, so it's like, if I would have just been like, oh, this is just a feeling like physical pain or emotional pain. It's just a moment right now. And this too shall pass. Like, yeah. I forgive myself for having that thought. I'm going to just be with it or I'm going to let it go. But either way is fine. And forgive yourself. And I think that I just loved what you shared. That was really great. I'm glad. And I, it, it's funny. It totally connects to – I just wrote this article um, about nut butter. You know, we fall into the nut butter jar, right? That's the, that's the like, yes. right? The 2015, 2016, probably to come trend of just like – Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like what a, such a source of misery for all of us. And then, you know, I wrote out tips of, you know, how to work through that. But my last one, I talk about this in the book too, is like, you might just be in a period of your life where you need to keep it out of the house and that's okay. Yeah. You know, like don't keep it at home, you know? And that's why I'm connecting to your, to your question because it's, you know, we, you may not need to do all these things. You just may need to go for a walk or you may just need to put on your favorite song and like, yeah, you know, take away some of the power of the the negative spiral that we allow, and it's yeah. like, yeah, sometimes you just you have a month where you're like, you know what, I can't have almond butter at home this month. Yeah, and I trust that that will shift. Okay. Yeah. Or <laughs> like even uh, to take this to the other end, like you eat a little too much one day, and you're also not a bad person. It doesn't make you like a evil person. It's just something that you did one day, and to move on from it, I think is really important and not to beat yourself up because that just makes it worse. Yeah, totally. And that's why so much of the foundation and the practices in my book were focused on what you can focus on instead of how to get rid of what you don't want. Yeah. Yeah. So rather than do X, Y, Z to lose weight, it's, um, you know, focus on your breathing, find your inner voice. Here's how to do that. And the more that you do that, the more you tune in with what you naturally need, the more the weight that the more that if there is excess weight that needs to come off or wants to come off or is ready to come off will come off. But it's not because you focused on that weight. It's because you focused on your core and your center and your heart. Mm, So good. I I love that. Um, So getting back to what we were talking about before with your second big announcement of being pregnant and having a baby, what has this experience of being pregnant um, taught you so far other than body image? Any other things about your body or about, um, you know, getting through challenging times with that um, physically and just how you've taken care of yourself and any advice you have for people with that? So, yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, I, I just connected this to an earlier question or piece of a question that I realized I didn't answer, but you asked me in the book writing process, you know, how did you get through that in a healthy way or some version of that? Like mm-hmm. what I heard was what were my non-negotiables? Yeah. And so to answer that question and, you know, the question that you just asked in, in, in to my current situation is it was exploring and discovering and hearing what it was that my body needs every day and adjusting accordingly. So I refused at the end of my book process to pull all nighters or to miss a workout. That was just, it just wasn't an option. If something had to be late, it would be late because I needed to take care of myself. Yeah. 
And so seeing what those things are and, and standing by them, you know, standing up for yourself and standing firm in them. Not to say I didn't have some times where, you know, a workout might have gotten missed, but it was very little. And so the same is in my pregnancy, like recognizing something that's come up, you know, recently was, and I'm sure this will continue to evolve when the baby's here, right? Was, um, you know, I, I'm very used to, uh, well, actually I used to bike. I live in Manhattan most of the time and I used to bike everywhere. I was a biker. So that kind of stopped and went out the window, um, with the baby, just not cause I don't trust myself, but just cause the streets of New York. But, um, so I was walking everywhere and I'm, your typical fast walking New Yorker, you know, get to the next place. If something takes me 15 minutes and I know it takes 15 minutes door to door, I, I leave with 15 minutes. I wouldn't leave with 18 minutes. I know it's 15 and I get there in 15 and it's always fine. And something that came up recently is sometimes the baby is moving or pushing and I'm like, oh, I used to be able to do that in 15 minutes. I could probably do it now in 18, 20, 22, but I need to leave 25 and maybe even 30 so that I have a little time that if I need to sit down or if I need to take a pause or I need to just walk slowly or just focus on my breathing, that I can do that. Mm. And I think you know, one of my biggest you know, suggestions or teachable moments for anyone listening is you know, tune into what those things are and adjust accordingly. Because I could have just stressed myself out anytime I needed to go anywhere. I could say, oh, I'm always running late, or isn't that stressful, or oh, the baby's moving, I can't get around as fast as I need to. It's like, oh, okay, you now need to do this. So you're going to look at your schedule now, and you're going to plan double the amount of transit time than you used to. Cool. Yeah. Then it's no big deal. Yeah. Y- you know, then it's not a thing. It's not an issue. You know, we, have, we do have the power to change so much of this. You know, we... we it's scary for us to take responsibility for everything like this. You know, I could blame the pregnancy. I could blame the baby. I could, there's so much I could blame, but it's like, no, really all I need to do is think, okay, what do you need and how can you adjust? Mm. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. I think that change just period in general really trips us up as humans. I'll speak for myself. I think it just really, it can be jarring. And I think probably for you, that experience like you're talking about right now with old Robin and non-pregnant Robin um, to pregnant Robin, like that transition of realizing, oh, I like walk a little bit differently now or it's just different and different can be at least, if it's not scary, it can be jarring. Like I know I had this experience for me where I was gaining a lot of weight and the weight that I needed to gain and my, um, my clothes were all fitting differently and Every single time that that would happen, it happened multiple, there were multiple levels of this. And I would notice and be like, oh, this is different. This is jarring. You know, like that experience every single time really was, like I said, that change is not what you're used to. And so it triggers you to kind of be like, what's happening here? And you have to just take a moment to get used to it. And then you get back to the swing. You're like, okay. And you stop judging it. But I think the immediate reaction at least for me, is to judge that. And I think it's getting Mm. away from judging it and just being like, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. And yeah, again, work in progress. I have other things where, you know, people assume that I've been doing a lot of yoga through my pregnancy, but I actually haven't done very much yoga because that is a place where I really do feel the difference of what I used to be able to do to what I can now. And I haven't quite been able to fully let go of the little pissy pants me. That's like, I just want to be able to do what I used to. Um, you know, so I focus more on activities like spinning where it's very different, but I still feel so great in it. And that like heart pumping, you know, music fun part of me gets fed. So I stay where, 
you know, it's like knowing your strengths. It's like right back to the nut butter. Like you just keep it out of the house. So I just, I go to yoga when I'm, I hear that very strongly I need to do some yoga and I work on letting that old vision of myself go, but yeah, still total work in progress. So there's some areas where it comes more naturally to me and others where I'm just acknowledging it and and doing my best. Mm, So good. Yeah. I think it all really speaks to gentleness and being kind to ourselves. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So what is your favorite part of your life right now? The thing that just popped in my head, it's so mushy. I can't even believe I'm saying this, but it totally, that's the first thing I heard. So I'm just sharing it, but it's the way my husband looks at me right now or is with me. (laughs) Um, He's always been a great person and, you know, we have our usual stuff, but he's like obsessed with the baby and just so sweet that, you know, he really gets like what I'm doing and he knows that I'm, you know, I'm a two a day workout girl. Sometimes I'll go to spinning and yoga at night and like that. I love it. And it feels great for me. And he knows that I'll run around all day to meetings and then go to an event at night. And he sees all these changes I've had to make. And he's just, he gets that, like, that's been a process for me Mm. and how appreciative he is. And just how great I'm doing, you know, how, how much I've, you know, another part I I realized very quickly, I couldn't get, you know, six or seven or even eight hours of sleep. I need to get eight to nine. So I made that adjustment and just him seeing me at months at nine 30 PM, starting the bedtime process and making sure that I'm doing movement every day or exercise and making sure that I'm eating really well and that I'm staying calm and breathing and doing my work too and feeling inspired in that. And I just think he really, the way that I see that he sees me doing well at this, I think in addition to all the feelings he's having about the baby, I just, he gets it, you know, and it's yeah. just, it's an awesome part of my life to just go down and see him and see the, that look on his face. Mm. I'm just like, love you too. <laughs> Helping you to take care of you, I think is, is really making you your health healthiest you (laughs) yeah exactly and just really supporting that and really being gentle around that and that was a big shift that wasn't how it was in the beginning you know he just it was really challenging in the beginning you know he'd look at me and be like why can't you this or why aren't you that because he didn't you know men need to see it I think a little not to stereotype but you know I think it's easier for them if they see it right where you know whereas in the beginning I didn't see it but I felt it all day you know so to see that transformation in him and it's been really exciting. I'm just like, like I said, depending when you're listening to this podcast, just to see how that continues. Um, yeah. It's a really cool part of my life right now. And then just everything that, you know, the fact that I've been able to produce everything that I'm producing, like I said, new web- website, new branding, finishing the book, all the press for the book, um, new programs, new products, new ways that I'm working with clients and being able to actually do that and feeling calm in it and feeling really good about it. I just... Um, I'm in a nice little sweet spot for the most part. Mm, I love that. One of my favorite podcasts, one of the hosts was saying that when she was pregnant, she was more creative than ever in her business. And she just felt this like creative energy throughout that experience because she was probably creating a human, which is like the craziest <laughs> thing you can do, you know? Um, yeah. And, and things too become very black and white. You know, in, if you're an entrepreneur or you work in the wellness land, we can spend how long going in circles about something, right? Like things have gotten a lot clearer with baby. It's like either it's this or it's that. So it's like, I get an idea for something. It's like, okay, this is a great idea. Or it's like, you know, and and move forward with it or it's not and ditch it. You just don't have as much, I think of that 
freedom of um, the debate circle. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Which is probably really helpful for indecisive people. Right. (laughs) Right. And I'm a Libra. So throw that in the mix too. It's like, yeah, things get a little bit, there's not as much noise because you just don't have the luxury of, of, um, leaning into that noise. You need to lean into what you need to do for your body and what you need to do for your business. And there's not that much left over after that. That's cool. That's cool. That's interesting. So I asked this the last time. I think this was one of my questions the last time. Um, I don't even remember because it was so uh, when I just first started this. But what are your morning and evening routines looking like now? And I'm sure they're fluid and constantly changing. Um, but what are maybe like the first three things when you that you do when you wake up and the last few things you do before you go to sleep at night? Okay. So morning, you know, it hasn't changed that much. Um, still, I'm I'm the big mason jar on the nightstand girl. So. 24 ounce mason jar, fill it up with water, put it on your nightstand before you go to sleep. Don't drink it before you go to sleep. You'll pee all night. Um, but first thing in the morning, I reach over and I hydrate. Um, so I have my water. And then if it's a morning where I can have the luxury of spending a little bit more time in bed and I know there's a baby coming, so I'm really enjoying this right now. Um, you know, some version of meditating, journaling, and reading. Maybe it's just one of those. Maybe it's all of those. Maybe it's just I take a moment to just take a breath. Um, a lot of time I'll do a brain balance, which is a, a practice you do where you tap on head and heart and recenter your brain. Um, so it could be something, just a couple of breaths, or most ideally, um, if I don't get to the meditation, I don't get to the reading, something is journaling, even just writing down something quick, a sentence or two, or just doing a few gratitudes. I find that that really, and I never Yay. used to be a big, yeah, I never used to be a big journaler, but that's the one, like, it's just, you got to check in, you know, you got to have yeah. somewhere to check in that's out of your head and, and all that. So I do that, and I that's... love to hear that you're preaching to the journal choir. So <laughs> totally this is amazing. Yeah, so and journaling, you know, I'm sure that you cover this, but it doesn't need to be in this big, beautiful journal notebook and have pages and pages. It can just be a sentence. It can be a date. It can be a few words. It can be something you're grateful for. It can sometimes even, you know what I've started doing more because I think it would be nice to have a record of this, but when I'm doing a lot or there's a lot going on, I'll write down. Like I wrote down all the activities we did this past weekend because it was just such a blowout weekend. So I feel like even just old school kind of like dear diary stuff, like today I met so-and-so. I feel, you know, when I feel compelled to do that, I feel like that's just kind of nice. It's like having a little bit of a record of, of all these things. So, you know, maybe you never look at it again, but maybe you do. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I did do that. You know, it's a way Um, to process my experiences and I'm a verbal processor. And so journaling is kind of like the next best thing. And it's a way to, yeah, really have that like conversation with yourself. You know, I, I say that like, I don't know how I'm feeling or what I'm thinking unless I'm writing it down or having a conversation Mm. with someone. So totally. Yeah. Like you said, great. You said it all. So I interrupted, but go on. That's okay. No. So that's morning. And then, you know, some kind of exercise, maybe I get to my ballet class or I go right to the coffee shop or whatever it is, work movement. Um, that all kind of, you know, varies. And then evening routine, um, since being pregnant, I used to be a little less disciplined about it, but with pregnancy, if I really don't calm down and really buckle down and really try and, um, manage the energy around me. So like, you know, last night my, my husband, we wanted to be FaceTimed with his mom and dad. I love them to death, but it was, 
1030. And I know that that just has energy in it. So I was like, fine, we can do it for a minute. But then of course I got asked, you know, are you doing the baby registry? When are you? And I'm like, I just walked out of the room, (laughs) you know, and, and I never was good with that stuff, but now I'll miss a whole night's sleep sometimes. Cause you're just, you know, with the baby, you're more uncomfortable and depending where you are in your pregnancy and, um, you know, it's, it's, everything gets heightened a little bit. So just being super disciplined about shutting down time and, um, you know, if my husband still wants to be on the TV or the phone, like I go in the bedroom earlier and I just be okay with that. And I read and, um, I do have a coconut water, a very expensive coconut water at in the evening habit because I get so thirsty even if I've drank a ton of water during the day before I go to sleep. So I find if I just have a little coconut water, it's, it, it you know, quenches the thirst better than if it was just plain water. So I have a little bit of that. And then I read and I don't really – you know, it's funny is I've never quite nailed an evening, like a wellness holistic evening. You know, I don't journal at night. I don't meditate at night. Um, I'd love to do those things. Maybe I will one day right now. I don't, um, but that's okay. Uh, you know, just really keeping things calm, um, protecting my space, you know, shutting off the phone, not engaged, not calling, not texting, not checking emails and just kind of, um, getting away from that, giving myself some time, take a bath, read for as long as I need to. And, um, you know, just resting, keeping the lights low and, um, just really protecting my, my space as much as I can and then sleep. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. I think that the evening is really a time for, um, fiction and like just resting and like talking to friends and family who you're around and, eating dinner and just hanging out and and I think of the morning more as like time to go inward and think about your day and journal and that's how I do it as well I feel like it's totally it's more of a fluid thing in the in the evening totally so okay so now I have a couple new fun questions I know I didn't have back then so we're having a dinner party Robin and you can invite five people who would you invite what would you make for them and what do you hope someone talks to you about, turns to you and talks to you about? And what do you hope that they don't talk to you about? Okay. I'm writing this down because pregnancy brain. I'll help you. I'll help you. Okay. I've got so you. So first, people, who would you invite? Yeah. So five people that I would invite. Oh, my God. Um, oh, you. <laughs> um, I probably would just do a fun wellness dinner. So probably you. Gabby would be, you know, Gabby Birdstein would be great to have her there. Um, this is going to be a blast. I can't wait. Let's just, get this on the calendar. I know. I'm like, let's just do this anyways. My <laughs> husband, because um, he always amuses me and he's such like an outgoing, lovely person, but he gets shy sometimes. Uh-huh. So I'm always kind of amused by throwing him into situations to see which which one <laughs> um, comes out more. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody in the wellness sphere. I've always wanted Jillian McKeith. Um, is uh, she wrote uh, "You Are What You Eat," which I would I quote is like my first food bible because it's just oh, cool. yeah, it's just this. She's British and it's just this small thin book that's all in color, and it was my it was my first eye opening book that I was like oh very cool um, that I was like oh there's alternate things I don't have to take an Advil I can do this instead and cool. um and it was just a really simple straightforward so I always just I don't know she's been in my head I'd love to talk to her about that. And um, I'm I'm in author mode because my book is coming out, but Dan Millman is another author that really, um, just to even look him in the eyes and say thank you, because um, when my father passed away when I was 17, I read Way of the Peaceful Warrior from 
a friend of mine at the time that saw that I could kind of go one way, you know, with past that, with his early passing and be really bitter and angry and carry that in my life. Or I could go another way and see the wisdom in it and almost the gift in it. And that book, um, taught me that or was the catalyst Mm. for that. So even just to look at him in the eyes and just say, thank you. Like this is, this is a massive reason why I am the way that I am in my life right now. So I guess those would be the five, not, like I said, not very researched or thought out. No, that's that's perfect. perfect. And and they're all fabulous people. So So what would you cook for? What would you cook for all of us? I would cook for all of you, the shepherd's pie that's in my cookbook because it's ridiculous. (laughs) Tell us more about that. What's, what's that? What's all all about? My favorite, um, and it's totally healthy. My favorite recipe, my not recipe, rather my favorite food at the lunch cafeteria, because I only got the lunch cafeteria was, were sloppy joes. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, oh, I love, and, and people should know, like, I love junk foods. Like, I love that kind of stuff. Um, I'm not the person that's like, oh, I just love kale chips. Today. Like, no, I'd rather have a potato chip, but I know how a potato chip will make me feel. So I enjoy the kale chips instead. But um, I used to love, love, love Sloppy Joes. And so I created for my book, I call them Happy Joes. Oh, so cool. a super healthy version, and it's um, – uh, adaptable for vegans to carnivores. So you can use meat in it. You can use turkey. You can use beans. You can use lentils. The recipe works the same for all. So it's basically the base of, of that. And then I have a, a root vegetable mash mm, that you that make so good. so good and all totally healthy. And this one, I think I put in the recipe, Japanese sweet potato and broccoli. And I, I have some tricks in there for making it taste good. And Japanese sweet potatoes, those are the red ones with the white center. I'm they're obsessed with those ones. They're the best. The if you best. haven't, if you're listening, you've never tried Japanese sweet potato, try it. They're starchier. I don't know. There's just something about them. They have a slightly different flavor. They still taste like a sweet potato, but you're gonna be like, oh, they're that's way better. really good. Right. And they're in a so mash, good. they're even better. So you put that on top, add some other fun, go with your gut ingredients and you bake that. And it's just so good. It Mm. just is. So that's my favorite. I mean, there's so many good recipes in this book, but that's the one where I'm like, that's killer. Yum. That sounds amazing. So what do you hope people ask you about and you want to talk about? And what do you hope that you just don't feel like talking about? Hope to ask about, oh God, I actually would love to know what everyone's personal idea of intuition is and what that means to them and how it shows up or doesn't show up in their life. Cool. The intuition conversation is so like we all think we know what that means, but then when we get asked, we're not quite sure, you know? So I love hearing different answers for that and, and seeing examples and hearing personal stories of people's highest intuitive moments. Mm, That's cool. That would be really cool. Cool for that group too. So, um, what do you hope that you just don't feel like talking about that you have to talk about all the time or that you just wouldn't want to have to talk I mean, about? At this point, it probably wouldn't be relevant anymore, but I'd say some of the pregnancy stuff. Yeah. You know, the things just like, your face looks really different. I'm like, that's something I want to hear. People say that to you? Oh, repeatedly. Stop it. Repeatedly. What? Your face looks really different. You must be having a girl. Like, I've heard it all. What? I've heard people say, my face looks better than it's ever. I was just with Gabby the other night. She's like, I've never seen you look more beautiful. I'm like, I Aww. love you. Thank you for saying that. And then I've had other people be like, you really look strange. Like, you really actually don't look like yourself at all. And I'm Why like. Why would someone say that to, like, another be- human being? <laughs> I'm telling you because we think, and this is why I'm so excited to be talking about this, that there's different rules that apply for people during their gestational period. That's over so weird. 10 months. And there aren't. So I don't want to talk about 
you know, there's parts of pregnancy that I love talking about that I think are really interesting, but, you know, observations on my body or horror stories or negative language around that. I, I went to, um, a prenatal yoga class recently. It was only the second one I'd gone to. And, you know, now I'm almost eight months. I haven't, like I said, gone to much, but, um, she used the word hard like six times. Like this pose is going to feel really hard or this pregnant, you know, birth is hard. I'm like, <laughs> and thank God I had the consciousness in that moment to just be like, just flush the words down the toilet. Like I just use the visualization of literally flushing the words down the toilet, yeah. just replacing them. But I'm like, can you stop saying that to a room of 17 pregnant women? Like, the, right. like tell them it's going to be easy. Tell them to think about ease and flow and gentleness, not right. hard, you know? So just anything in that arena is just, ugh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hear you. Oh man. So what is the best advice that you've ever gotten? Hmm. You know what popped in, interestingly enough, is um, a moment that I had with my acting teacher. I used to be an actress. And um, we were I was doing a scene and scene study in class with him. And it was one of these scenes where, you know, we were arguing back and forth. The other girl and I were arguing as our characters back and forth. And he noticed when the other girl would, you know, say something at me, even though I was technically my character was on the right, um, I would sort of shut down and bear down and like sort of like clench my breathing or clench my teeth a little bit and just kind of like come to this like your words aren't affecting me mm. um, kind of stance. And he said it would be so much more powerful if you breathed in what she was saying and you just got grounded and dropped your shoulders and just breathed with her, even though you feel like it's wrong, just allow the words to come and breathe through them and allow them to be out there and then say what you need to say. And I guess I'm bringing this up because, you know, think about so many moments in our lives where we come against something where we feel like, well, I can't hear you or I'm not letting you in. And we end up stressing our own bodies out. Um, you know, or if it's something tricky to figure out at work or in our business, it's like, instead of that bear down, clench down, how can I breathe through this? How can I find that sense of ease? You know, thinking about the yoga, how can I allow this to have flow instead of being hard? And, you know, not that he was saying, take her words in, you know, you don't need to inhabit them, but you can, there's so much more power in, in using your breath, in staying in your body. Um, and then allowing whatever it is you need to say or experience to come from your gut, to come from that place of knowing instead of your head. Mm. That's so good. And feeling it to allow it to move through you and past you. Totally. Just, yeah, just allowing yourself to be present in any of those moments. And your breath allows you to be there safely. Mm, I love that so much. So you mentioned that you used to be an actress, which I think is amazing and so cool. Um, do you ever miss acting or use it in your career now, the skills that you've gotten, much like what you just shared? Yeah. So I, I you know, I had a moment in my career where I was missing it. And then the Today Show called and I ended up on, you know, in front of camera, in front of the camera with them and and I realized, I was like, oh, oh, like this is where something that sparks me so much and, you know, I feel so comfortable and so alive in 
meets what I'm so passionate about. So I've been fortunate enough to have a lot of media opportunities and I was a television show host and for a wellness talk show um, for almost a year and, and to get to be in that position where I could do something I love in an arena that I love and share about, you know, I didn't have to memorize lines, <laughs> just, yeah, just you know, you. Yeah. just be me and have my information. And then, um, you know, if some of your listeners are familiar with Quinn Astake, we created healthy cooking camp and that's an online program where you learn to cook. And so just creating these opportunities for myself where I could, you know, uh, be that actress, but drop the actress (laughs) at the same time. So yeah, I feel fortunate that I can, I get to do that in my career now for sure. Healthy cooking cap is my favorite, favorite thing. They are familiar with Quinn or if they're new, they should go back and listen to episode three, maybe because she was right next to you, whichever one of you was first and one of you was second. But yeah, you guys were like the first people that I, that's how I found you is from Healthy Cooking Camp. And I reached out to both of you and you both were so nice and said yes. So thank you. And yeah. And we're, 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 and we're working on that too, of doing Yay. another re-release of, um, you can find all of our free videos on YouTube They're and so on good. our blog and stuff, but we have a great learn to cook program that we're, um, given a little upgrade to. Yay. So stay tuned for that. So yeah. That's super exciting. I love that. And can I share a total fangirl moment of your acting? Do you remember what I texted you this summer? Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) So I was watching Garden State, which is one of my favorite movies ever. Like, I remember when it came out um, when I was, like, in middle school, like, watching it. And then I was like, that's the coolest movie. And I was re-watching it this summer, and I hadn't seen it in a really long time. And all of a sudden – I was like, that's funny. That girl at the party scene looks like Robin Euclid. Like, that's weird. That's funny. Whatever. And then I was like, wait a minute. That I feel like that's definitely her. And I like kind of in a joke, like paused the computer and sent a picture to Robin. I was like, oh my gosh, is this you? And then she was like, yep, that was me. <laughs> I was dying. It was so cool. That was like, it was so cool that you were on the Today Show and everything you shared. But I think I got like most starstruck when I saw you in Garden State. Too funny. Yeah, that was quite a moment. I'll never forget that. Yeah, Zach Braff was great. They were awesome. So yeah, I'm really grateful for it was all a my fun experience. Just for the yeah, it was awesome. You know, it's like I, I was actually doing a podcast with Terry Cole and she said, you know, would you change anything or tell your 20 year old self, you know, any advice? And I was like, no, girl, you did a really good job. Like, just keep doing whatever you were doing. Mm. Like, you know, something cre- creative inspired me. I followed it, you know, so I ended up in Garden State and I ended up in my, you know, coaching career that I have now. And I ended up with my book and ended up with a baby, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know, just keep following your, your, your sparkle, that inner light inside of you. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful for that experience. And I love that you text me. It's such, it's always such a fun little, like, yeah, that, that's part of my story too. Yeah. That's so, oh, that's so good. So, okay. You're trapped on a deserted Island and you can bring with you one person, one TV show to binge watch, one book, one movie, and one food. I'll help you through it. So don't I was going to say, you're going to So who would you bring with you? The hubby. If I, don't, if I don't throw him off the island. <laughs> and what TV show would you want to binge watch? You know, if I if there's something I love, it's probably I've already binge watched it. But I, I 
there's this place in Los Angeles called Shape House. It's infrared sauna therapy. And I, you need a show to binge watch. You can watch TV while you're in these infrared sauna beds. And I started Game of Thrones and I haven't finished it. So I have a lot more to go. So that would, I think I only got to like season three. So if I needed something for volume's sake, that would, but my favorite, yeah, but my favorite binge watch show, but I've watched it all is Downton Abbey. Oh yeah. It's so good. So good. Um, book that you would bring that you wouldn't get sick of book that I would bring uh probably something like Nietzsche like something that's really intense and long that would take me a while to really yeah. like you know like really go over Shakespeare just something that I could really like read in so many different ways on so many different levels yeah um what about a movie that you wouldn't get sick of movie my favorite movie when I was a kid I lo- not a kid in college rather was Stealing Beauty Remember with mm. Liv Tyler, um, and I think that I movie, it. Stealing Beauty, Stealing Beauty. It's super old school, but the the reason I, it's Bernardo Bertolucci, and the reason I love that film is it's just gorgeous. Cool. It's Those yeah, it takes place kind. in Tuscany, and the soundtrack's amazing. So if there's just something that's just like, I used to play it in in the background, you know, cool. when I wasn't even I'm doing gonna, like, anything. Watch it tonight. So good. Yeah, let me know. Let me know how you like it. I'm excited. Uh, what about a food that you would love that you would bring with you and not get sick of? Cheese. <laughs> all of it. All the buckets of all the cheese. <laughs> I love it. That's so funny. Um, okay. What song are you really loving right now that you just are really enjoying listening to or some a song that you want to recommend to everyone to check out? Hmm. I'm currently loving actually let me pull it up right now. I'm a big Coachella gal. Um so I listen to like a good amount of techno but like fun uplifting techno. Cool. Um but there's this one song, yeah, from Mako, M A K O called I Won't Let You Walk Away. And it's just so good. It's just got that, like, upbeat, you could run, you could dance to it, and there's, like, a little bit of uplifting something to it, but then just the, like, the beat drops. Awesome. Cool. You're so cool. You're the best. Um, What's the best thing you've eaten in the last week? Oh, my God. We, the hubs and I went to this place called Arutha, Arutha, A-R-E-T-H-U-S-A. Uh, it's a dairy place in near Kent, Connecticut or somewhere around one of those towns. And, um, the food was just ridiculous. Like the amuse bouche was blue cheese mousse with a great, I don't know. It was just everything that they have their own farm and their own cows and they make their, like everything in that dish is so homemade. Their own, their butter is their own butter. Cool. And it's all, I mean, it's beyond farm to table. It's like backyard to table. So it's just, that was a really stellar, stellar meal. Cool. That's super cool. Um, what about any anything else like movie or TV that you've been watching or a book that you've really been liking? Anything else you want to recommend to people to check out other than your book? Um, which everyone should totally check out. I'm totally in. I mean, if there's anybody who's listening that needs a little like baby direction, if they want it, um, I'm in Babyland right now, so I'm I'm exploring natural birth options and how that goes. And you can't just, you know, what I've learned is, well, my point of view is you can't just take out the epidural and not replace it with something. You need to replace it with something. And there's a method that my doula um, Bex. I don't know if you've ever interviewed her Bex life, Rebecca Barucki. Yes. Yeah, she introduced. She told me about hypnobirthing, which is it. Amazing, which isn't hypnosis. It's just meditation and breathing techniques and relaxation techniques and visualization techniques. So 
I'm sure, you know, all your, your audience is already doing these, these things we in some capacity. We just who's a hypnotist on like two she's, weeks ago. She's awesome. So yeah, yeah, so just I'm researching like these ways that you can connect to your body in cool. a different way without fear. And, you know, it's great for baby stuff, obviously, but it's such a good life cool. lesson. Yeah, and, totally. So any of that stuff. Very cool. Um, what is your, um, like a weird pet peeve about your, like pet peeve that you have, or just something that annoys you or like something weird about yourself that you like think is funny or that like only people who went to middle school with you would know, or just like a goofy thing about yourself. I'm trying to think. I mean, I leave all the kitchen cabinets open all the oh, time. Oh, that's funny. That's a good one. <laughs> like, they, I just, my theory is, like, I'm so fast in the kitchen and I'm doing so many things when I'm cooking. You know, I'm always just like, oh, 10 minutes, here's dinner. Yeah. Um, but I just leave everything open. And then whoever comes in there, you know, they think it's a war zone or they're going to hit their heads on all of it. And I'm just like, oh, no, that's just I, – I don't even need to duck. I know where, you know, my intuition knows where those cabinets are. So I don't know. That's a kind of a, a weird thing that I guess I do. That's um, so funny. I love yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I do that too, actually. I just looked over at my kitchen and two of the cabinets are open. So. Yeah, because, I mean, you got to go back in there relatively soon, probably anyways. You know, if you're yeah, home and you're a wellness, you're in the tea drawer, you're in the water, you know, cabinet, you're, yeah. I don't know, you're making avocado toast, whatever. It's just easier that way. Yeah, if totally. I could leave the fridge open too, I probably would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, all right. Well, this has been amazing. And I'm pretty sure I didn't even have this question yet when I first started the podcast. Or maybe I did. Maybe you were like the first one I asked this to. But either way, I want to know your answer and how it's grown and changed. But as you know, the name of this podcast is The Wellness Wonderland. So when I offered the term to you, The Wellness Wonderland, to live in a wellness wonderland, what comes up? What does that mean to you, Robin, today? Mm. Being able to explore whatever it is excites you. You know, something that you feel serves your body, serves your life, serves your relationships, just serves your joy. And being able to, you know, wherever you're at in your life to devote a little time, even if it's just a minute a day or or a full weekend away in that passion, but just, you know, exploring that with that wonder and that joy and just giving yourself permission to do that. Mm, I love that so much. Thank you so much for that. And everything you shared and coming back on the show and tell people where they can find you online and your book and everything you want them to do to connect with you. Yeah. So just head to the, the Robin hub, Robin, R O B Y N, uh, Euclid, Y O U K I L I S.com, uh, Robin Euclid.com. And then everything for the book is go with your gut book. Dot com. So go with your gut book.com. And if that's a little easier to remember than my, than my name, you can, you'll get to Robin Eagles from there too. So go yeah, with your and gut it'll book. All be in the show notes, um, per usual. And there's a bunch of cool bonuses that you'll get when you order the book, which is really cool. Yes, absolutely. So pre-order, if you get it in by, uh, February 9th, I've included like shopping essentials and intuition video. There's a good poop list in the book for better, more frequent poops. 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 Yep. We love so poop over here. We love pooping. It's the best thing. <laughs> um, so I've got an extended version of that and the pre-order goodies. So you can, that's all, all the info for that. So Yay, go with your Poop and shopping. And this is amazing. Thank you so much, Robin. This has You're been welcome. so fun. You're welcome. This has been awesome. It's so, such a like sweet full, full circle moment for me. So thank you, Katie, for everything. 
Thanks for listening. You made it all the way to the end. I'll be back next week, but until then, let's stay inspired and keep this conversation going. So tweet at me at Katie Dalebow and our guest with your aha moments from this conversation. And like the Wellness Wonderland on Facebook so we can all hang out there and discuss how inspired we are and how we'll apply it in our daily lives. And never miss another episode or post from me by signing up for email updates on thewellnesswonderland.com. See you back in Wonderland.